And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brewers Stew. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. Due to some scheduling conflicts last week, I had to do it by myself, but we're here this week with Jeff Hunt to go over quarterbacks 28 through 25. So, Jeff, before we get started, just, again, plug your show, you know, where, where everybody can reach you, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on again, Stuart. Uh, I love doing your show, and you've been on fire lately, man. I got to tell you, we're both part of the Off the Ball Network, and you you have been stirring things up, and I like it. Uh, you bring a lot of and a lot of great energy every week. But uh, yeah, I'm Jeff from Jeff Needs Sports. Uh, you can find me on all the podcast platforms. Um, I let I let some of the other experts, especially in the summertime, I'm kind of a college football guy. I let them take over the NBA and some other things that, you know, Stuart's starting, you know, he's starting to kind of heat up football season already. So he invited me on to do that. Um, I've done some, I do some off the wall stuff. I just did a Rocky four podcast not too long ago. So that's uh, yeah. Just check out Jeff sports, check out all the guys over at off ball network. Um, we're, we're having a blast right now. All right. So I'm going to run through this list real quick and then we'll go through each all four individually to start off at 28. I had Jared Goff, 27, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 26 to a Tiger by and 25, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I want to start at 28. When when you saw Jared Goff at 28, what were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were this make-or-break year for Jared Goff. Um, I, he's had years where I've defended him because uh, Jared Goff is, quote-unquote, a system quarterback, and, you know, we've talked a bunch. Every quarterback's a system quarterback, and I thought he ran that system very well for the last few years. The guy's been to a Super Bowl. I don't care. You know, I understand that he's not Mahomes. But, you know, if we're going to give credit to guys winning, you know, Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. Um, last year, I thought he took a slight step back. I thought he fell in love with the, you know, crossing patterns, uh, if you want to call it dink and dunk or whatever. Uh, I, th- I think this is make or break. The first thing I told you when I saw your list was all four of these guys could be in the playoffs at the end of the year, and all four of them could be holding a clipboard. And I, and I mean that. So, and he is definitely one of those. This is, this is a huge year for Jared Goff. I mean, going to Detroit – He's literally got nothing to work with there. If he makes something out of this season, then then we know he's got a future. And if he doesn't, then he might be pro- playing, you know, team roulette for a while. Jared Goff is a guy to me. And when I when I dug in, I started doing, you know, the research for all 32 here. Goff was an interesting guy to me because I had argued with Steven, a, a fellow guy <laughs> at the Off the Ball Network, who's a Rams fan. I'd say he was a top 15, top 16 quarterback. But when you start to dig through the film and when you say all quarterbacks are system quarterbacks, you're correct. But I would go as far as when I say, when I use the definition as a system quarterback for Jared Goff, as opposed to like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is this, when the structure of the play breaks down, what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers can do is adjust. Oh, you know, Sean McVay scheme Cooper cup open. I drop back. He's not open. Jared Goff panics at times, doesn't know where to go with the football. It, it results in incompletion or an interception where you'll see Brady like, okay, cool. This guy isn't open. I'll dip it off to the running back here. He'll take it five yards. Now we keep moving. Or you'll see Aaron Rodgers use his legs to do so. And it's those things within the structure that Sean McVay ain't there now. You have Anthony Lynn and you have Dan Campbell. Anthony Lynn, (laughs) from everything I've heard, is a good offensive mind, but he isn't Sean McVay. So the question becomes now, without that scheming, without those screen passes that you can dip off and watch Robert Woods take 10 yards, are you going to be successful? I've seen it. I've only seen it twice. It was against Kansas City a few years back and against Minnesota a few years back. Again, I, 
again, I don't know if you listened last week. I will, I will, I re- did, I did reiterate this for the ones listening at home. This is not a, a legacy ranking, so to say. This is not based off of what you've done in your career. This is based off, it's basically a depth chart. If I was going to select quarterbacks, where would I put you on the depth chart? Jared Goff is at 28. I'll, I'll let you respond to anything I've had to say, and then I will talk about the positives with Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, real quick, Stuart. I mean, honestly, and I mean this sincerely, if everybody could, if if we were doing a live show, you would see all I did was nod that whole time because everything that uh, Stuart just said, that that's what I kept coming up with today is what happens. It's, you know, I kind of divide quarterbacks up pre-snap, you know, if the play does, you know, if they run the play, how they run the system, and then if things break down and you nailed it, that's that's where golf really, 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 really faltered. He's he's not super athletic, we know that, but he's he's young enough and he's athletic enough, but he doesn't like exploit those. There, there's two or three times in a game where the the great quarterbacks punish you. Uh, you know, maybe a Mahomes a 70 yard touchdown throw. Rogers is great at it. You know, we saw famously, I've went back to it a million times, NFC Championship game, Brady towards the end of the first half looks over, he gets the mismatch he's been waiting for all game, gets a touchdown, pretty much ends the game. So things like that. And and golf has not done that. And I totally agree. I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, and I really think he fell into a trap last year of it, it seemed like, you know, after the I mean, I'll even say the second read when it wasn't where it was supposed to be, where the X's and O's didn't line up, which that's a product of today's defenses. When they're playing these 11 personnel teams like the Rams, uh, just like Tampa Bay did, you know, and, you know, Green Bay did to them, like they're going to mix coverages up and stuff. And Goff really, really struggled with it all season. Um, he, he, and, and, he doesn't have the toolbox that I think people think he does. He's got a long arm, but he's got a wind-up long arm. We've talked about this. He can't he can't see a guy spring open out of the corner of his eye like Aaron Rodgers and zip it 60 yards down the field. Uh, that's, that's not Jared Goff. Um, so when everybody says, well, he's got arm strength, yeah, he's got arm strength if he wants. He's, he's got pitcher arm strength. If he winds up and throws and, and everything's comfortable, yes, he can throw it 60 yards on a dime. But that's not how the NFL works. And um, – and once again, I, I, I just reiterate everything you just said. Um, uh, <laughs> great job. Great job. And by the way, last week, what, all I want to say is when I listen to your show, if, um, if at the end of the year it winds up that in the Jets, if, if their quarterback is, is, is in your top 32 at all, I think they would consider that a, a successful year. Uh, that's, what, that's all I kept thinking all week and I haven't had a chance to tell you. And Jared Goff, I will go back to what I said last week yeah. with Sam Darnold. He, you kind of touched on it. He's got that long wind-up throwing motion. I mean, if you look at the image I sent you, I don't know if you have it up, but the way where he's at with the ball, you just don't see quarterbacks who are successful in nope. that situation when they're coming down with the football. So it's very awkward. Now, to get to the pauses, because I don't want to beat up these quarterbacks the whole time and just beat them apart. Again, anybody listening? I do root just because you're 20. I do root for these guys. Every person on my list, I want to be successful. And I want to have to come back on here next year and be like, man, I was wrong. That's I want that more than anything. So with Jared Goff, some of his good things is masterful at the play action. When, when the play action pass works, he's top of the notch. Like he's up there with some of the best. Beautiful deep ball. You talked about he doesn't have a great arm, but he he's accurate with it. And when he hits it, it's so beautiful. It's one of the best things about his game. Um, I think he sh- I th- his 10 to 15 yard 
he's he's good. I'm, I'm not going to say he's great, but he's good. And that's some of the positives I have for Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yes, he's got a lot of positives, but he's like, it's you know, you know me. I grade him pretty hard. I grade him. You know, if you're not, if you're not taking me, just like when we draft quarterbacks, if you're not taking me to the second round of the playoffs or whatever you want to consider it now in the NFL, if you're not taking, if you're not getting me a playoff win, then I really just don't have a lot of necessity for you. I'm not. I'm just like you. I, I hope he does great. I've def, I, me and Stephen have went at it round and round about Jared Goff. This year he was more right than I was, but. I'm the same way, but I'm like, at some point I had him probably 15 or 16 last year, somewhere like, you know, you did probably. And then I, I think like he's low right now, but I, I believe I'm assuming you considered he's going to the Detroit Lions. Yes. And, that, and that's part of, that's part of it. I also considered again, like without the scheming of Sean McVay, yep. how's it going to work? Here's something too. I went back and I watched that Super Bowl. I know it was a few years back, but I went back mm -hmm. and watched it to see if I can notice anything from his game today. And the same thing I noticed then is the same thing I notice now. And it's when the play action pass ain't there and they say, okay, Jared, here's what we need you to do. We need you to stand in the pocket and methodically and surgically pick this defense apart, move the ball down the field and do it. He can't do it. Yeah. If, if he can't rely on Todd Gurley at the time to pick, get him five yards. And then he, now the linebackers have to come up and he can, hit it to Cooper Cup over the linebackers. If you ask him to stand in the pocket and just pick him apart, he very rarely does that. Again, he's done it on some instances. I'm not saying he can't, but I'm just saying he doesn't do it consistently enough to say this guy is a top 15, top 10 quarterback in the league. Yeah, I agree. And his and his pre-snap stuff's not great. He doesn't get a lot of mismatches. Uh, good, great quarterbacks. I've said this. I have a lot of arguments about Aaron Rodgers to where I say, you know, Everybody tells me how great Aaron Rodgers is, and I know he's a, a legend, but he also doesn't exploit mismatches like I think that, you know, he could. Um, and golf is really doesn't get any. And those crossing patterns that he's so good at and they look so great when he drops them in takes so long to develop. So now you've put pressure on your offensive line, your running backs, your tight ends are blocking more. And when we see that, when a good defense, you know, tightens up a little – it, the time is just not there for him to wait on those throws and you got to adjust. And, you know, that's where we'll find out. You, you just said it. We'll find out. Is it McVay or is it Goff? If he has a great year and speeds up and then Stafford takes a step back, you know, then we know. I'm, I'm going to say this. I, uh, I do not want anybody at home to take this as me calling Jared Goff stupid, but for a guy who's been to a Super Bowl and been in the league, as long as he has his football IQ is not where I think it should be for a guy who's been in the league that long. I, I, it's hard to it's hard to argue with it right now, and that's why I said it's it's I'm not I'm not you know what I mean like I'm not uh, stopping the internet here. Uh, this is a huge year for Jared Goff to say the least. Exactly. So now let's move on to number twenty seven. Awesome. And that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. Now, I think the days of Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic and then Fitztragic are gone. I think with Fitzpatrick, the only issue, the only reason he's at 27 here is because he's, he's got a lot of that Case Keenum and a lot of that Teddy Bridgewater that I talked about last, last week is he's a really good quarterback, but when he's on your team, you're always looking to see if you could upgrade. 
you're always like, you know, he's really, really good, but like, can we get somebody better? Can we, you know, potentially get a, a, a Kirk Cousins or this person or that person to upgrade the position to help us win? Um, that to me is about the only negative I see. I, the interceptions, if you can keep them around 15, 16 a year, it doesn't bug me as long as he's also not throwing 19 touchdowns. Like we can't have that. If you're going to throw for that few touchdowns, you got to rain down the interceptions. But I like his aggressive nature. I like all that stuff. Um, before I get into more positives about him, just what are your initial thoughts on Fitzpatrick being 27? Well, I mean, you're talking to a Dolphins fans where everything you just said, I've, I've seen happen. That's the thing about Fitzpatrick is it's weird because you can't overlook his age. His last two years have been, especially just straight up stat wise, have been pretty, pretty good. I mean, they look like average starting quarterback stats, which a lot of teams wish they had an average starting quarterback. Now, the pros of Fitzpatrick, like we just talked about golf, he's the opposite. Like he's he's uh really good in and out of the pocket make something out of nothing he can flick the ball you know really accurate at the last second i mean as a miami fan it it felt like every it felt like every touchdown was you know him seeing somebody out of the corner of his eye and flipping it back across the field at the last second to get a yeah. touchdown uh once again his he now this is a guy that i don't personally think he runs a great system um now he's never we, we never know it's, if it's a chicken or the egg thing with these systems, whether the quarterback and coach didn't get it or whether who we'd never know who's wrong in it. But Fitzpatrick never felt like a guy who could settle into a system. And, and he, as a matter of fact, he never felt like a guy who could do what Jared Goff has done for five years with LA and, and run the system. So he's kind of the opposite. Um, he's had a really good two years, but age sometimes catches up with you. He's got a good defense this year. Can he, can he tone it down? Can he take care of the ball? Uh, because here's what I worry about with the Fitzpatrick to get into his specific situation. If you have a really good defense and they get you the ball and then you come out and turn it over, that defense gets furious if they're on the field too much. Um, we've seen it happen time and time and time. The Bears. There you go. The Bears are a perfect example just a year ago. Uh, we've seen it all through football. We've seen years with the Ravens still had great defenses and like, oh, my gosh, we got to go back out there. How long can we? And then it almost works backwards against you because then they feel like they've got to score. They take chances. They give up points they never would have gave up. So can Fitzpatrick dial it in and go for – go for a field goal instead of a touchdown, uh, things like that. I think he can. I mean, he's, he's, he's proven. With Miami, though, he had a license to do whatever he wanted because if he failed, nobody expected anything. And then he got pulled last year when they were in the playoff hunt. So, once again, the pressure never really got on him. So, he hasn't had the pressure to win the big game or finish off a season for a long time. So, that's a, that's a huge if for Ryan Fitzpatrick going to a division winner. Well, regardless of what the – <laughs> oops, uh, Washington football team's record was last year, uh, he's going to a division winner. And if he takes a step back, they're going to notice. Once again, he's another guy. Is he going to be holding the clipboard at the end of the year? I, I really don't know, obviously. With Fitzpatrick, I think he's an interesting situation. Now, I think his arm is stronger than the next guy I'm about to bring up as far as, like, comparing him to. Mm -hmm. I think he's in a similar situation as Phillip Rivers, but I think at his point in time in his career, he has a stronger arm than Phillip had last year. The Fair. Colts last year said, listen, Phillip, we have a good run game, a good offensive line, top 10 defense. You don't have to win the game for us. And a lot through Ryan Fitzpatrick's career, if you go watch him play, and even at points last year, it was like every single play is the last play of the game. 
And yes. it's like, Ryan, just bring it back a little bit, you know, live to fight another down, take that five yard, you know, hitch and then keep moving. You don't have to throw it 40 yards down the field all the time. So if he can make those steps and he can throw 25, 26 touchdowns and he can throw eight, nine, 10 picks, Washington's going to be a, a 11, 12, 14 win team. I, I truly believe that. And he still has the capability too. If they're like, okay, listen, we're, we're down. We need you to bail us out. He has the arm strength and the capability to still do that as well. I believe. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point is that's what we're going to find out. Does is Fitzpatrick. We've had so much fun with him for years. And I've always said, well, he's playing with house money. How is he going to react with, you know, if, you know, he has a blast when he has the game winning touchdown for a two or three win Miami team, you know, how is it going to be in the third week of the season? You know, Washington football teams one and one. Uh, he's got to drive and get a field goal. Is he going to be able to do that? Or, you know, how is he going to handle that? Uh, we, 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 it's been years since we've seen him in that position, maybe probably back to his Buffalo days. Well, he, um, he was the starter in 2016 after he threw 31 touchdowns in 2015 for the Jets. Yeah, yeah, there he, you go. He had a really good year. But ever yeah, since he, then – he hasn't been the starting quarterback since. But 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 you nailed it. It's can you can you reel it in? Can you reel it in? Uh, let your defense win the game. How serious is he about winning? Does you know that's these are all questions that we don't know. We like I say everybody, you know, as a Miami fan, everybody had a lot of fun watching him and oh, he's running around. He's just a kid out there. Um, I think me and you even went. I don't know if that was me and you, but like we kind of went around like he's a mentor, and I'm like, well, I don't know if he's ever been a mentor to a quarterback. He's always just in front of a guy that's going to take his job. Yeah. I don't necessarily have never heard a young guy say, "Oh, Fitzpatrick meant everything to me." Tua, he's always been to, a bridge guy. To to this day, I, I haven't heard Tua come out and say, "Oh, that's my guy. He taught me everything I know." Kind of like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Like Aaron Rodgers, like, well, I learned stuff. <laughs> in a backhanded yeah. sort of yeah, way. Yeah. So I, I know I'm being a little hard on Fitzpatrick, but I just it's another guy that he gets he gets the all the hall pass in the world for having a lot of fun. And and of course everybody says he's smart because he went to Harvard. Well we're gonna find out what he's made of if he truly, truly, truly wants to be the starter in Washington. All right. So next up, number 26 is your <laughs> guy to attack of Iowa. Um uh, do you want me to start or do you want to start? No, you go ahead, man. You go ahead, man. You, you, right, set, so you set me up. The negative with Tua here is he's the opposite of Fitzpatrick. There were times last year oh. where Tua's playing the game and you're like, take the deep shot. It's there to be had. Like, you, you hit that. Your team gets sparked. You're going to march on the field. You're going to win this game. And instead, he goes, oh, I'm going to take this five-yard slant or, oh, I'm going to I'm going to." throw it off to the running back and let him do the things. And eventually I think that's why he got pulled in the game that he got pulled. It was, we need a deep pass to win the game, to, to really get a spark going. We know Fitz will do it. We're going to put him in and pull Tua. I want to see Tua be more aggressive. I, I really do. I, I think Tua with, when I say quick twitch, just the rotation of his body, the way the ball comes out of his hand, he's phenomenal. Zero to nine yards top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league. I mean, it's unbelievable what he can do from zero to nine yards. Now I want to see you push the ball down the field, take more chances. I understand the holes are, are smaller than they are at Alabama, but you've got to be able to hit those if you're an NFL quarterback. Yeah, you're right. His, uh, you know, one of my favorite stats is air yards and his air yards are some of the lowest in the league. 
Now, obviously, we're Tua does get a bit of a pass. You know, he came into the season off of the surgery, off of the, you know, the injuries and all that, you know, worked his way up, did an all right job as a starter, but you nailed it. There were so many times to where, like, all we've heard, we, his his gifts are supposed to be his arm strength and his arm talent and all these things and and the quick twitch that you're talking about. I mean, what's everybody knowing from the one throw and then to win the national championship game, one of the better throws we've ever seen in college football history, and that kind of vanished. Now, this is this is a question to where we don't know, you know, what I talked about can Fitzpatrick reel it in? Was uh, you know, was uh, Flores like, hey man? If you don't screw this up, we got a shot at the playoff situation. Was Tua not exploiting the reads? But it, this is another one to where, you know, a lot of it's going to be his youth and his experience. And he was under playoff pressure. So he never – he didn't get that Fitzpatrick hall pass for the first yeah. half of the year to, like, make mistakes. Tua was under the gun, you know, every play. So – and I I know – okay, every player is competitive. But also I understand – did Tua get caught up in, I really, really want to go to the playoffs so bad that I'm trying not to screw this thing up? Um, just because there's questions, would, there's questions like this. that. Sorry, I didn't. I'll tell no, you no, this, going back to watch watching the film, it's not like they were like, oh, Tua's in, let's call a different offense. Like, they're calling the same offense. So the yeah. same plays are there to be had that Fitzpatrick's hitting. He's just taking advantage, and he's hitting them. I, again, I think Tua, he drew a lot of comparisons to Drew Brees when he came out. And it's because of the quick twitch and things like that that you see with Drew and the ability to to dissect the defense. I, I generally want to see him improve the deep ball. If he can hit the deep ball, I think next year he could be a top fifteen, top twenty quarterback easily. Yeah, if if he if he does, and we hope we hope that he does let it go. Um, we don't we don't know what's going on in training camp. Uh, we've no, we haven't heard anything negative about him that he's not working, that he's not that he's not advancing. No, nothing like that. Uh, there's been a few whispers about bringing you know earlier was Deshaun Watson. Of course, we know that that you know is quieted down. Aaron Rodgers is still on the table for Miami, but um, you know it's way too early to judge. To I think you've got him in a fair spot, and I would say that if he finishes the year as a starter, uh, that would be a huge plus. You know if he if he plays 16 games. Um, even if, you know, I, I expect Miami to take a step back because of that situation, but we also know here's the problem. If he becomes one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about, a, we'll, just, we'll just say a dink and dunk guy. That's just a common phrase. Um, that's when you start losing receivers and that's when they start getting bored and you're not exploiting him and you're not using, you're not using the whole field and it starts shrinking. Defenses start closing in. You've got real problems in today's NFL. If you can't spread the ball out, even Tom Brady at his age knows when to take a shot to keep a defense honest. Um, you know, and Tua with his athletic ability absolutely has to do that. I agree. And I think this, the, there was real conversations. I think it says something that Miami was, honestly considering a, a another person at the quarterback position, whether it be Deshaun Watson, whether it be Aaron Rodgers, whether it be through the draft, even that, you know, those rumors are heating up. You don't see that happen with the fifth pick overall. Like that's not going to happen next. You're not going to hear the Jets being in a quarterback conversation. If Zach Wilson has a bad year, they know, listen, we drafted this guy number two overall. We can't move on. But the fact that like, I think that says something that they're like, should we consider like, Yep. If Fields is there, should we consider it? Like, if, if Lance is there, should we consider it? Should we call Houston and see what's up for Deshaun? Like, like the fact that they're considering it and they're not like, we drafted this guy fifth overall, he's the leader of our franchise, says something to me. 
Yeah. And, and, and that, and that, that's what I like about it. This, this is where the, the part about being, you know, my team, I like, I like that coaching philosophy as to where I am not, I'm not losing my job for my quarterback. That's another position. You know, if he's not good enough, you gotta, you gotta cut bait and run. Um, I'll, I ask you this as a little bonus question. If you're Miami and Justin Fields is on the board, which they were, would you, would you have considered it? Like, let's throw out the contracts and all that. Like, just what you saw last year, would you consider? I mean, I, I don't want to. I'm obviously I, I we've seen your list and what's coming up. I have a feeling what you're going to say, but would you have considered Fields over Tua and just said, "Let's go"? There would have been a there would have been a real conversation if I was the GM. There would have been a real conversation because there's yeah, more man. to be there's more to be had with Justin Fields. There's more to his running ability. I think his arm strength is better. I think he's a better thrower of the football. Just everything. I think he's a better playmaker. If even with Trey Lance, like that conversation oh. there, if Trey Lance was there, the only one I I wouldn't have even had the conversation about would have been Mac Jones. There would have been no way I would have taken Mac That's Jones fair. over Tua. But I I truly believe that if if I was the GM, based off of what I saw last year. I may not have pulled the trigger, but there would have been serious conversations in my draft room as to do I take Justin Fields? I agree. I agree. And then number 25, a Super Bowl <laughs> quarterback. He's been there. He, his team just drafted his future replacement. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's the thing. You can still win a Super Bowl, Jimmy G. At 25, you know, you're a top 25 quarterback. The year they went, I would say he was a top 20 quarterback. I wouldn't say he was the top 10, the top 15. I had him around the 20 mark. That's that's where he was. He's a top 25 quarterback. You know what they say about the best ability? It's availability. And he's not there. When he when he's not there, they're bad. They're really bad. When he's there, they're good. So that's the good thing. I I think with Jimmy G, there's a lot to be desired for as far as athletic ability goes. You know, we want to see him. He's not a Lamar Jackson. Of course, we know that. We don't expect him to be. But, like, he's not even – I wouldn't even say he's Ryan Fitzpatrick as far as being mobile goes. I wouldn't say he's Carson Wentz or Joe Burrow or any of these guys who can escape the pocket and make some things happen. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. If he was if he was on the Indianapolis Colts right now, just like I do with Carson Wentz, I'd feel very comfortable with our odds to compete for a Super Bowl if he could stay healthy, Jimmy G. But – Again, Jimmy G doesn't have great arm strength. There isn't all that stuff there. What do you what are what are your thoughts on Jimmy G as far as where are you shocked he's at 25? Do you think he should be higher? Like what what do you think of Jimmy G? So as as far as as far as where he's at on your ranking, because I know how you did it. I, I'm not sure until I see your whole ranking, then I'll know how I feel about it. Um, you know, obviously it it comes in a little low, but if you're judging off of last season and you're judging that they just drafted his replacement, that that's, you know, that might be fair. But what's amazing is when you start, um, you know, first of all, he was probably a couple throws away from winning a Super Bowl. Like he should be a Super Bowl winner, honestly. He played good enough. And what's crazy about him is his um, yards per attempt and his air yards are some of the highest in the league. And people think of that offense, you know, with the tight ends and all the motion and the fullbacks. In their mind, they think it's like a modern day three yards in a cloud of dust. But his yards per completion are is really you know high up there in the league for his career and for you know I mean his San Francisco career. Uh, his air yards are up there, which are huge for me. Which means they're pushing the ball down the field. 
Uh, this guy does a great job of taking advantage of he looks out, he runs his offense, he'll throw it to any player who's open. So he spreads the ball around, he exploits, you know, mismatches. He does a, a really great job. I mean, he's always been an underrated quarterback, but then everybody would ask me, okay, well, then why is he not great? And that's where I don't exactly know where it breaks down. And I think the biggest breakdown is he doesn't have that, you know, that gift to, you know, one or two mismatches a game, fling it downfield and and score that giant touchdown that breaks the team's back. That and, and a lot of players don't have that. A lot of players on your list aren't going to have that until we get to up into like maybe the top eight. I understand that. But um, but his stats across the board, there's no argument against, you know, how good he is. It's just it, it's a it's a weird, it's a weird one. And I don't know if it's just because some, we've talked about this before. He didn't come into this league with the stamp that he had to lead a team to the Super Bowl. And so I think if, you know, if his name was Jared Goff, I think we would consider him a huge success at this point. Yeah. But when a guy works his way up and is a backup and goes to another team, but I'm telling you, his 2019 year was a really, really solid year in, 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 in football, and he was good enough to win a Super Bowl. And if he's if he's 100% healthy this year, I think he's going to wind up being way above 25 by the end of the year. I don't believe in, you know, having your, you know, uh, the guy that's going to replace you behind you. I don't think that's a huge problem for everybody. No, I, that's just football. I think Garoppolo also knows that he is he is going to another team. Like if he loses this job, he is not done in football by yeah. any means. People, There's 15 teams that would pick him up tomorrow probably. So I don't think the weight of having Trey Lance behind him is going to factor in any – I think it's going to be more like a Favre-Aaron Rodgers situation to where Favre's like, no, nah, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like I got more landing spots, not to compare Garoppolo to Favre yeah. by any means, but the mentality of the backup. Um, and I'll fight with this all year on the internet. I know I will, but they'll say, you know, Garoppolo, every time he makes a mistake, it's going to be because he's looking over his shoulder. I don't think that's going to be the case. And if he plays bad enough that that's the case, then he's going to be the 25th best quarterback in the league. He's um, he's only played 16 games one time. And when he did, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So when he's there, they play well. I will say this. Is he the Anthony Davis of the NFL? Yeah. <laughs> I will I will say this. When you look oh, at man. Jimmy Garoppolo, I have him above Sam Darnold. And I'm very high on Sam Darnold and his ability and what he can bring. The 49ers were in the Sam Darnold sweepstakes. And it's because Darnold's ability to escape the big arm, all that stuff, some of the stuff Jimmy G, you know, lacks. I will say this, though. I think with Jimmy – let me ask you this. Do you? I'm not saying he'll win an MVP. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But do you think he'll have sort of a, a Aaron Rodgers year like Aaron Rodgers did with Jordan Love, kind of like a, fine, you want to draft the guy, I'll show you, I went and won the MVP. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 45 touchdowns and win the MVP, but do you think he'll have a good enough year to where the Niners are going to be like, we can't move off this guy? I actually do. I, and I, I, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you led me into that. I actually do. I think that, cause I think the 49ers were really good last year. Garoppolo went down, the season went sideways. They had some really just stupid losses coming off the Super Bowl loss, you know, the year before that team was really good last year. They didn't, they didn't take a step back. They, they're, they're a solid team. He's stepping back into a really nice roster. I think they held him out a lot of games. I, I'm not sure that he couldn't have played. 
And then I think that I just think he's a pro and I think he's ready to play and everything I've already said about, I don't think he cares about Lance behind him. I really, my, my guess is um, that he's going to maybe not him, but his team is going to be top, a top 10 team this year. I really think San Francisco is that talented. And I don't, I don't think Lance is going to factor in. I mean, I, as Lance is uber talented, he's probably going to play some, but he's also a, a kid that he gets the chance to fly under the radar because they'll have the excuse all year that he went to North Dakota state. So they don't have to shove him in there like a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence. Um, as talented as Lance is, he and, and that's good for both of them. That's good for both quarterbacks. And Garoppolo, I seems like the type of player that will be a that will they'll work together to make this team better. So maybe Lance wins. You know, it's a 17 game season this year. Lance is going to play. Garoppolo is not starting 17 games this year. Yeah. So I really do think this this could be a big year for Garoppolo. And I just want to throw out there, it's funny. It feels like we've heard about this guy forever. Garoppolo's records only 24 and 8. That's yeah. it. The guy's played the, the guy is the guy has started uh 32 games. Uh, that's insane. It feels like we've been talking about him for 20 years. I will say this too. And I think again, for those listening, I don't preference this in. This is strictly based off of like what I've seen on the tape. You know, just what does the game say, not the numbers or, you know, people's opinions. The, but I do think with Jimmy G, the reason one people think he's, he's really, really good or better than what he is. And two, the reason he gets beat up a lot is, he was supposed to be Tom Brady's replacement. Yep. He was supposed to be the guy that carried on the dynasty after Tom Brady. And so people think, well, if he, if Bill Belichick thought he could do it, then he's that guy and he can do that. And I, I just think that like you, you have to lower your expectations for a guy like Jimmy G to, it's not fair to compare him to, to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. It, it's not fair to be like, Oh, this guy's Tom Brady. He was a second round pick. Like, I, again, Tom was a six. It's not about where you get drafted. I know that, but Tom's the greatest quarterback of all time. No, that that's a, that's a great point, and um, I think that works against Garoppolo. Also, it's like he was he was supposed to be the successor in New England and all this stuff. Instead, he's just this weird guy that doesn't. He just doesn't have the fans. Just haven't grabbed onto who he is yet. So it's that you're you're exactly right he's thought more of the guy that was supposed to back up tom brady and maybe belichick wants him back and we don't quite know who he is he he doesn't have the personality he did i tell you what one of the best things he ever did was when he um i want you know in a playful way he uh flirted with the side the with the reporter in that one game and yeah that his story but that that was one of the best things he did to where people like oh he's got a little personality we're getting to know this guy and i think it's i i don't mind that mahomes won that super bowl but if garoppolo wins that super bowl i think he's a a bit of a superstar right now i yeah. think his personality and everything but which also leads me to believe that he can handle everything that's happened he understands it feels like he's kind of grounded um yeah, I just, you know, I, you know, obviously we don't know these guys. You, you only, you only take it from body language and stuff they say in the press and how they play, but the guy seems like he's, he's kind of got his head together. Um, I mean, how many times have we complained about Cam Newton? He's got all the, you know, talent in the world, but we don't know. I won't even say, I don't say he's got head problems. We don't know what he was focused on or how he divided his, you know, thoughts. 
You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? As to where Garoppolo really seems like he kind of gets the business of it, which I will say he might have got that from Tom Brady because nobody's better at separating, you know, on and off the field than Tom Brady. So, um, you know, I, I yeah, yeah, I'll say that. I'll say Garoppolo is going to have a really, really good year. And I, it's always an if, but that's every player. It's an if, yeah. if he's healthy, if he's healthy. So that's 28 through 25. Do you have, did, was there any quarterbacks on 32 through 29 that you wanted to talk about? Try to get my thoughts or some questions that you had. Oh man. Um, so you have, you have to remind me real quick. I don't have your list up here. I know you had Mac Wilson, you. Sam Darnold. So I had at 32, I had Drew Locke. At thirty, I had Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. That was no, that was actually a great breakdown of Bridgewater. As much as I love the guy, I thought you were fair, and that you you said it best. He will kill you in the first ten yards, and then things start falling apart. Yes. Um, or Drew Locke, which you you kind of nailed. Drew Locke. Drew Locke doesn't seem to have a grasp of, you know. It, once again, he's he's kind of on the Ryan Fitzpatrick path. If we're talking about Locke in 15 years, having one of these careers like Fitzpatrick, bouncing around, winning two games in a row, he's everybody's hero, but never going to the playoffs. I would believe it. Um, as just just as of now, these are just knee jerks. And uh, then you had uh, Sam Darnold. That's a tough one. Yeah, and I also had Jalen Hurts at 31. Uh, back to back to Drew Locke real quick. Mm-hmm. I think Locke has the talent with the arm strength, his ability to make things out of the pocket, to be a top 10 quarterback. It's just reeling it in and yeah. those type of things that, that I talked about last week and, and those thoughts. Yeah. Jalen hurts at 31. Um, that, that's a crazy one, man. I'm, I'm okay. So I, it's so funny. Cause me and you think they're so like-minded cause I listen to the show and I'm, um, I always tell everybody this, I'm ready to fight Stewart in the first half of his show. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like he, 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 he takes you up and he takes you down. He takes you on a roller coaster ride. But by the end of it, you're like, Oh, that made sense. So when I, when you were first talking about, you know, some of those guys, um, you know, I, I was like that. And then by the time you were done, I'm like, no, no, that makes sense. You know what he says about this guy and what he says about that guy, um, you know, drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. I felt, I felt like that. Um, you know, who I'm sorry, who was the uh, other guy we were talking about? One more guy. So it was there was Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson as well. On the yeah, list. Wilson, like I said, he's a rookie. If he finishes the season, plays 16 games, and they win four, and he look, he doesn't look terrible. I'm, I would say the Jets would take him at, at your ranking. Yeah, and I think there are obviously based off the rankings we, we did last week and this week, two other rookies ranked above him. Yeah, obviously. I'll tell you. I will tell you who's not on the list: Mac Jones and Trey Lance, because I don't Ooh. believe they will be the starting quarterbacks at enough. their respective teams. So that real tells quick, you who the other two are. Yeah, real quick though, as far as hurts, as far as hurts, um, that's a guy that's. I'm kind of with you. I love the guy. I honestly hope he is awesome, but I can't. I, I'm with you. I can't here's what I ask everybody, just like me and Stuart do. We're not, we're not out thinking the room here. Just go back and watch a game, you know, in the middle of the summer from, you know, one of these games from last year with no emotion involved, put it on mute. So where you're not hearing the announcers or anything and evaluate the guy and hurts is, you know, he's out trying isn't a factor in football. And I understand that that sounds crazy. I know he wants to, I know he really cares about winning. I know he cares about his team. I know he got 
kind of shafted at the end of the year. I'll stand by that for the rest of my yep. life. But just like with Oklahoma and just like with Alabama, there, there's some holes in his mechanics and stuff. And I don't understand why we can't say that because there's, there's only 32 of these positions. I don't know why we have, you know, why I have to sit here and pretend that Hertz is that, that he looked good enough to have one of the positions when I know there's some guys on the benches, you know, around the league that may be better. Now, will Hertz become a, here's what it, you're going to have to build a team to help Hertz become his best. Exactly. He, he is, he is, he's limited. Like he's, he's just a limited quarterback as far as physically i'm not saying mentally or anything else and you know a lot of guys are i mean tom brady's limited um but he but he exploits so many things that he became the goat i'm not i will never say the hurts can't do that but i thought it was a fair ranking and i think i think philadelphia will be watching and i think the pressure is going to start squeezing him if things don't look good in the first two or three weeks of the season yeah i think so too especially if the guy in Indianapolis is tearing it up, oh boy. and and, and he's going Hurts, to be, he's going to be. I I think so. There's a lot of negative people out there who don't think so, but that's beside the point. We'll we'll talk about Wentz when we get to the uh, when we get to his ranking. But with Jalen Hurts, I, I agree with what you said. You're going to have to scheme some stuff up to cover up his deficiencies. If that makes yeah. sense, you're going to have to run a lot of zone read or RPOs to where you're getting the defense coming in so he can pick it a lot. Like yeah. we talked about with Jared Goff and schematics. He's I think also, that's a good, I think that's a good comparison. I think Goff and Hertz is a great comparison. Also um, Tua too, as well with, yep. with Tua, there's a lot of those, those same things. I want to see him be aggressive, but I think the problem and I, the reason I get so much heat when I dog, I don't, when I say dog, I, I don't mean to say like, Oh, I hate on him. But when I when I point out Jalen Hurts' flaws, people hang up on that that New Orleans Saints game and they're like, oh, he played so well, he played so well. Yeah. But I believe his end of the season completion percentage was fifty four percent. You can't win in the NFL completing fifty four percent of your passes. It, yeah. you you can't do it. Tim Tebow didn't do it. Like it, it doesn't matter. You can't do it. I I want to see him be a better thrower of the football. He benefited from having Lincoln Riley, and he benefited from playing in the big 12, those numbers were a lot better than what they yep. would have been if he stayed at Alabama. And, and, and you're right. That's, that's the whole thing about modern day NFL is yeah, it's, it's a blast to watch these guys. They're trying so hard and they're, they're freak athletes and they do all these things and we love them. I do. And I really, really enjoy Jalen hurts. I like, I've liked him always how he's carried himself, just how he acted. He's just a easy kid to root for. But here's what you got to be able to do in the NFL. There's, there's, you know, two or three minutes left before whatever half, you know, before the end of the first half. You have to be able to just steal three points. That, that's what the NFL is about. Most point spreads are under five points in the NFL. You have to be able to just steal a field goal in, a, you know, in the middle of nowhere and just add points up. You're, a bad series has to be all – you have to – okay, let's put it this way. You have to settle for field goals. And when you throw in completions, you start taking that out of the equation. And then it starts – that's when you start to like, oh, well, they need receivers and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not always it. Just just throw to the open guy. And and Goff did that really well when, when the Rams were going well. Yeah. And that's why I said that's a great comparison to Hurts. But you see what happens like when you max out. Like, can he take you to the next level? I think Jalen Hurts can win you a Super Bowl if you drop him, you know, from a blimp into the middle of the game, 
then I think that he's a gamer and can win you the game. Can he win you 17, 18, 19? It's going to be 20 games now to win a Super Bowl minimum. Can he, you know, I, I, or not, not I, I win, but play, so. I mean, play 20 games and win you what we're talking 15, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as of now, I, I don't see the signs of that. Um, not, not that I don't like the kid once again, but you just want, I, as, as, as an analyst, you're an analyst. I can't watch the games. I can't, I can't tell you what he does that you can't replace. Does that make any sense? Yes. I 100%. And I've always said when he came out, he was going to, my, my comparison to him after the Saints game was Tyrod Taylor. He's, he's going to be a guy who coaches, he's going to bounce around the league and coaches are going to rave about because he does all the right things. He doesn't, you know, he's a, he's a consummate pro, but they're also going to be like, he, he ain't getting us over the hump. Can we, I think it says something. This is where I was going with the two thing. I think it says something that there were reports that Philadelphia was in the quarterback market last year. And I think I, people are going to minimize it. And they're going to be like, well, Nick Sirianni is just trying to elevate the team. I also think it's something that Nick Sir, Sirianni has not come out and said, Jalen Hurts is our guy. He's our franchise guy. We're, we're stamping the turf. He's, he's the guy. The fact that he's like, uh, you know, we're going to see him and Joe Flacco are going to have to compete. Like the fact that, you know, he's saying those things to me is like, there's still a lot he has to answer. Yeah. And they, they don't have a lot of money invested into him. That's really important. You know, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a big contract like golf where they got to, you know, to where they got to push through this. I mean, they can they can move on quickly. Even even to is, you know, a bit of a salary to try and get out from under if things if things go bad. Hurts is not, and I do agree with you. I think you'll want Hurts on your team for years. But you know, I, a guy that's near and dear to my heart, uh, JT Barrett out of Ohio State. You know, he he's hanging around these practice squads and stuff. Of course, everybody loves him. Of course, he's a gamer. Of course, he's a better athlete than 99% of the world ever were. That doesn't make him an NFL quarterback at, at, at this point in time. So, yes, do you um, he's in a he's in a weird spot right now. And I think that the guy in Indianapolis is going to make it hard on him. It's going to be interesting to watch next year for, uh, for yeah. guys like us, just something to talk about. You know, you got two things. You got the storylines that don't mean anything. And then you got the film. And the that's one of those storylines that it's going to be fun to follow all year. I agree. Um, I I completely agree. I again, I think thirty two through twenty five, all of these guys have a capability to basically put their middle finger up and say screw you to me by yeah. what type of season they can have next year. S- simply by like, I mean, they could all play well and be really good, and I'm going to have to come on here and like say, dang, I was wrong, which. By the way, people don't think that I like to admit when I'm wrong. I have come on here numerous times and on other podcasts numerous times and admitted I was completely wrong on Josh Allen and missed Lamar Jackson completely as well coming out of the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'm the same way, man. I you know, I take heat and you know we're not we're not always right, but but also it doesn't mean you're wrong. Like yeah. as it what is what does take it to hurts? Or you can't watch the t- you can't watch the the games right now and say that's a guaranteed starting quarterback in the NFL. There's no but nobody can do that. You can you can project that that he will be, but I mean, I just I mean, if nothing else, we're talking about a guy that couldn't hold his job in college. I don't know why yeah. that that gets glossed over because we like the kid so much. But just little things like that, and same with Tua. You know, he, you know, he, 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 he's got chinks in his armor, and he, it's just these guys all have these questions. I would say out of your the first eight that you've talked about so far, I would imagine at least 
four to five will either be on a different team or just not starting Yeah, this time, ne- you know, a year from now. I agree. And I would say – And three of them will probably be really good. Let's put it yes. – let's also say that. I, I would agree with that. I, I do think situation matters. But, again, I was – this is strictly based off of, like, you know, if, if you had the same coach, the same offensive line, same team, yep. how, where would I draft you? I would take Jared Goff 28, Fitzpatrick 27, Tua 26, and Jimmy G 25. We have 24, I believe, through 20 next week. 20, 20 or 19. And that's going to be a fun one. There's some quarterbacks in there that are hard to place, very hard to place. Some where their talent outweighs their film, but the film doesn't lie. If, what if I like, what I like is you're going to have to start getting into projections now, like who's actually going to be starting, what rookies are actually going to start. Like you're going to start, you're going to start getting into some real uh, unknown territory. That's going to be fun for you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see our our first rookie quarterback, our second rookie quarterback next week as well. Um, we're going to see again a proven, a former MVP. We're going to see some, oh my. some several guys on this list that has some talent and maybe some guys I've been hard on. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. But uh, uh, real quick before we wrap this up, something I talked, we, we kind of tweeted about it on Twitter last night. So I, I thought I'd bring it on here and talk about it. The college football playoffs, because you're a college football guy, wants yep. to expand to 12 teams. My thought process on this is this. It, it's fun. It's cool that, you want to expand it to 12 teams. But I've watched for three years now Notre Dame go to the <laughs> Final Four and get the absolute break speed off of them. So for me, like, I think it's fair to ask because I think Coastal Carolina it ended like 11 or 12. So if they were 11th, they were going to have to play Clemson. If they were 12th, they were going to have to play Alabama. I think it's fair to ask, like, if Coastal Carolina went up there to, to Alabama, do you think it's going to be any different? I think the answer is no. And I, I get the whole recruiting thing and, and all that stuff. I understand that completely. And maybe this, what I'm about to say, will lead into why we need to expand it. But this ain't college basketball. College basketball, like the, the, the fourth seed isn't that much better than the the eighth or ninth or tenth seed, right? Like the talent's still pretty pretty level. That's why you see the upsets. There's a enormous gap between the upper echelon of college football and teams that are nine, 10, 11, 12. Like like one through four, like Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. <laughs> there's an enormous talent level from even schools like Indiana and Northwestern and you know, those schools, there, there's an enormous talent level. And I just don't think you want, I, I don't think if I was a recruit and I was going to coastal Carolina, I'd be like, cool. You made the playoffs, but you also got beat by 70. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> if I want to go to that school. You, like that's, that's where I'm at. What, what are your thoughts on the college football team? It's going to happen, but what do you yeah. think about them expanding? So my, my whole point on it is it does a few things. Like you're not, you're not wrong about what you, what you say, but I believe that's the only way that we're going to force, um, you know, different matchups. Because the problem right now is we still have the same problem we had in the BS, BCS era. 
is that teams don't want to lose. So why would, so, you know, me and Jay Stevens did a show about this about a month ago, about how to make, I won't say fix college football, make it better. But the whole point is like, you need to add 12 teams, but you got to do some other things here. You've got to force teams to play each other um, all across the country. Like you've got to force Florida to go to Wisconsin in October. That, that's just one of those things. If you add 12 teams to the playoffs, then teams can afford a loss. Like, you know, as it stands right now, if you lose, you, you got an uphill battle to make the playoffs unless you're unless you're ranked one or two in the country coming in. Even then, like you still somebody has to fall to get there as to where that would allow teams to take some chances. It would allow teams that maybe you have an injury earlier in the year or maybe just like in the NFL, things can go wrong, but a team can still have a run late. As it stands right now, something if something goes wrong in week three, you know, and you take a bad loss, like you can't climb back up in there no matter how good you are. It doesn't doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And as far as like your Coastal Carolina argument, that's what everybody brings up. But I honestly in my heart feel that once it goes to 12 teams, then all of a sudden we're not, you know, we're not grading teams the same way that we do now. Now we're looking at okay, that's, that's fun to do that. And that's fun to make a talking point, And that's fun to put them up there, but who's really the 11th best team in the country. And po- so yeah, we, there are a lot of changes that have to be made. I would agree. But my biggest thing is, you know, for your listeners, what my argument always is, you got to expand this because the way it is now, it's four or five teams to get all the players in the country and it's going to get worse and worse with, with this current setup. So now maybe what you have is, um, you know, the even I mean, it's crazy to say, but like even the Floridas and Georgias, maybe they steal that Alabama guy, Ohio State. Now, maybe I mean, honestly, maybe Michigan and Wisconsin or Penn State, maybe they maybe Justin Fields goes, maybe Justin Fields goes to Penn State if it's a 12 team playoff. And that changes that changes the whole thing. So that's my point is you start spreading it out. The talent will spread out. It Yeah, I, it's going to take a, a generation. I understand it. It can't happen overnight, but with the transfer portal and stuff, it happens quicker than ever. And so now all of a sudden, because college football is in danger of it being the only games you're going to watch are eight, eight teams. Yeah. And and that's what college basketball we've, I've seen college basketball do this in the last 30 years of watching it. I've seen it become, I don't look at the TV anymore. And if I, I don't really, I won't say care, but I don't, I don't take notice if it's like all oh, Syracuse, North Carolina state in the middle of the season. I will wait, you know, like if it's not, if it's not the major, major teams, it, it kind of changed. So with football, like, wait a minute, Oregon's in this, you know um, you know, USC but, is in this. And, and this brings me to my next point. Everybody keeps talking about parody, right? Like, Oh, we want to see parody. We want to see other teams beside Bama and Clemson in these, but my, my point comes to this. I believe like the top eight teams, like six of them were what SEC teams. So well, like, that's a and problem. you were talking, you were also talking about grading them differently. So if we were going to grade teams differently, we're not going to take Coastal Carolina as serious as we did now. So therefore, we're going to be like, well, this Mississippi State, which is another SEC team, is clearly a better team than them. They're yep. the 12th ranked team, and then everybody's still going to complain because the SEC, yep. the ACC, the Big Ten is dominating, and there's no room for anybody else. So I have like, I, I have absolutely no argument for that. It's it's literally growing pains. I, you're you're 100 right. That's what's going to happen. Uh, then everybody's going to complain. Like, well, now it's you know it's two Big Ten teams, four SEC teams, 
two ACC teams. I, I do, I do totally agree with that. And I understand people's thought process, but I don't think the answer is, well, then don't let anybody in because bowl games are dying. Like yeah. I love college football and a lot of the bowl games are hard for me to watch unless, unless I'm able to, you know, it's, they're not. And that's a problem because I love college football as much as anybody in the world. And even I don't care about some of the bowl games. So we're, we're really in danger of, you know, it's here's the, here's what's going to happen if they don't expand it in 10 years, we're going to have 32 team super conference division. Yeah. And that, that's, what's going to happen. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be basically another version of the NFL. That's, that's the other alternative because it can't stay the way it's going. It just can't. I, I think you bring, you bring up a good point as far I, I'm going to, as far as them being hard to watch. And I'll bring this up because Mike Greenberg, who has his own radio show now on ESPN talked, talked about this. I was listening to it on my way back today. He said that, you know, players are opting out of bowl games, right? They're, they're opting out of these meaningless bowl games to, to prepare for the NFL or, and some of them are opting out six, seven games in because once you lose the first game, it doesn't matter. Yep. So I, I will play devil's advocate on the side of why we should do it is because if you extend it to 12 teams, all of a sudden, Maybe there is 25 teams that's in the hunt, and those guys aren't sitting out and trying to race their draft stock because they're trying to go win a championship and make it to the playoffs. So I will give them credit there. Like that, that is what it does as far as, you know, now these players aren't sitting out. They're like, okay, I got to compete because we can make the 12 team playoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, even like last year, the team got hot. I'd like to had, I'd like to see an Iowa State have a shot at somebody. Like as an Ohio State fan, I didn't want Iowa State, Iowa State being on my schedule next. I would much rather be in the be in the Final Four automatically than to play in yeah. Iowa State or somebody like that. Northwestern, I watched them play Ohio State. Do I think they could have won a national championship? No. Do I think anybody wanted to sign up to play them? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and then, the, but then those teams learn how to play, and then people see them and the players. See, I've saw this happen with Notre Dame. Notre Dame used to get any recruit they wanted because that was all you saw on TV outside of like whoever was in your region. And then all of a sudden cable comes on ESPN explodes the, you can watch, you know, you can start watching the sec. If you're a kid from, you know, the North or whatever, then all of a sudden Notre Dame's recruiting dropped off the map. And that's why, because these other teams were on TV all of a sudden kids could like, Oh wait, there's more than this. And now with social media and all that. So if you have a team come in there and they look all right, well, I'd rather go, you know, there's a high state recruits. I mean, look at our receiving room. Like you can't tell me that one of them wouldn't be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to slide down here to Cincinnati and give it a shot. I'm still going to the NFL. Um, you know, we still may make the college football playoffs. Like, and that, that's all it takes is a couple of kids and they start, you know, you start chipping away at the, you know, the Mount Rushmore that we have right now in college football. Uh, who knows? I think that's the only chance. I think other than that, you know, and that's an Ohio State fan. It doesn't benefit me to go to 12 teams. Let me just tell everybody that right now. Every year we come into it, if Ohio State goes undefeated, they're in the playoffs. So there's no reason for me to want more teams in it. As a college football fan, I just I think it absolutely has to happen. You can't have 132 teams and have tw or have four decided championship. You just can't. I, I completely agree. Before we leave, i got two more questions. One, have you seen the Loki yet, and, and is it good? <laughs> I have not watched it Neither. yet. It came out Neither. today. Me and my wife watched these series together. I will probably do – matter of fact, quick plug, I will probably do Jeff Needs Help on Loki. 
So uh, look, look out for that. That's my other podcast in the future. Um, I already did the uh, WandaVision and I already did Captain America and Winter Both Soldier. are really good. Both shows are really good and both podcasts <laughs> yeah. are really so good. So well. I will be watching Loki and I will be doing podcasts about it. And no, I haven't watched it. And then two, I, I, I figured Tua was an interesting quarterback you were looking out for because he's your he's the quarterback of your favorite team. Mm-hmm. If there's one more one or two more guys that you are really interested to see where they land on my, on my rankings. Which two are they? Ooh, two of them. Uh, Dak Prescott is one. And then I would say knowing you, let me think of a good one here. Um, I will say who's oh, uh, Justin Herbert. I'm curious to where I'm curious to how you feel about his, his past season. That's two guys that we haven't really talked about that could go either way. So yeah, I would, I would say those two. All right, so those those two will they be on the thing next week? I guess we'll find out. But and that's a problem with you, Stuart. Nobody can argue with you because by the time it's said and done, you have a rational explanation for all these guys. <laughs> like I get so mad that I'm like, no, that's a good point. That makes a lot of sense. I also have a lot of parameters in my rankings. I think a lot of people rank quarterbacks strictly off of talent, yep. and that's fine. But like they rank them I, off a of name too. We know that. Like for for Joe Burrow, I'll give Joe Burrow. As an example, I took into account that he's coming off of a major injury. Mm-hmm. And I will say this to Sean Watson. I just recently moved up the list because I had him pretty far back. I wish I would have said Watson because I have. Like, and before it's over, I may move him back to where I originally had him. But I have to take into consideration he may not play this year. So, like, yeah, I have to take that into one. consideration. No, I get it, man. I do. I do the NFL rankings every year. It is so hard to try to, you, you can't please everybody. You can't be all right. You can't be all wrong, but I, I promise you everyone that's listed, Stuart is doing his due diligence. Um, it, wherever he puts Carson Wentz, I will say that is where he should be. And it is, it is nothing other than that. It won't be, it will not be a heart pick. I promise you. I will say this. I wanted to put him higher as, as a Colts fan, as a, Carson Wentz believer. I was a Carson Wentz believer when he was in Philadelphia, not were, just when he was. You were. I I will say this. I wanted to put him higher, but where <laughs> I have him is where I feel he is right now. Yeah, no, I believe you, man. I would never, I would never question your integrity. So that's that's it. That's all I have for today. One more time, uh, where they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, and then your podcast. One more time. Hey, I do Jeff needs sports. Uh, you can find me, um, you know, Facebook at Jeff needs sports. You go to off the ball network and find all of us. And I'm on there and you can find all of our links and all of our shows. We're on a ton of stuff over there. If any NBA fans right now, we're really uh, kicking it right now with the NBA as we, as we move into football season, uh, you can find me on Twitter at J hunt double Oh six. Uh, I like to interact with everybody, you know, get at me, uh, tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't care. Uh, I love everybody that listens. And, um, and also you can check out Jeff needs help. If you happen to be a comic book fan or just a general topics fan, go check out Jeff needs help. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff over there and, uh, it's, it's, uh, the same Twitter and everything over there. So we appreciate you all. And I want to thank uh, Stuart for having me on. This is an absolute blast. Hey, you're welcome. I'm still waiting on, still waiting to get that invite for Jeff needs help to talk about, uh, talk about batman and the dark knight and, hey, and dude, everything you are, you are in man i promise you every show that i talk about is jotted down somewhere we will absolutely do it all right well again if thanks for listening have a good good night good afternoon good morning whatever it is you enjoy it i hope it's a good one remember i think i i can only share this as much as i can on social media 
and and everywhere else i do believe you guys listening are the strongest people out there so so share it with your friends dm them spam it send it to their dms and relentlessly until they get annoyed with <laughs> yes. you keep doing it whatever it helps to help the podcast grow please do it uh but again thanks for listening and have a good one